Gentlemen, welcome to day number nine of our mentorship. I'm incredibly excited to dive into this topic because I think it can be one of, if not the most transformative area of growth. And not only that, but this is often one of the areas that we struggle with the most and has the most room for improvement because as guys, we often struggle with emotions, very much so. And I'm not necessarily referring to expressing our emotions, more so understanding them, how they work, how to view them, etc. And so before we dive into that, I want to make a whole bunch of disclaimers and points, so strap yourself in. Number one, I am a very firm believer that this modern day push for men to be overly expressive of their emotions could not be any more toxic or detrimental to us. And trust me, I've been in that phase where I've been overly expressive of my emotions and it only made me more of a docile beta little bitch. Okay, point number two, if you're struggling with your emotions, whether it's you know depression, anxiety, adversity, sadness, whatever it is, I'm not saying you shouldn't feel your feelings and I'm not saying they don't matter by any means. What I'm trying to say is that expressing everything you feel all the time and to everyone, it's only going to make your situation worse. And point number three, men can cry. Plain and simple. I've cried, men can cry. But I believe that there are very specific circumstances in which we should never cry as men and the main one being around our girlfriends, our partners, our wives, etc. I, I am a very firm believer that once you do cry in front of a woman, she won't view you the same. This is controversial. You don't have to agree with me, but this is my opinion. And so if I think if you do feel the need to cry, you should do it in private around your boys or on your own. And so as I said, some of you guys might find these three disclaimers controversial. A lot of you might agree with them and a few of you might even fucking hate me for them because deep down you agree, but you don't want to admit it. And just to be clear, I will elaborate in more depth on those three disclaimers throughout today's mentorship, but the first thing we're going to do is unpack what emotions actually are, and we're going to debunk a few myths because I absolutely love busting myths. So, what actually are emotions? This is the overarching question that needs to be answered. In my opinion, and I think this is a very valid opinion, emotions are simply signs. So to put it as simply as I possibly can before we dive into all the nitty-gritty, emotions are simply signs or signals that are trying to tell you something. And so there are obviously many different emotions, all of which they fall on a spectrum, but for the sake of today's learning experience and today's exercise, we're just going to take the most basic emotions and work with them. And they are happy, angry, and sad. So we're going to start with emotion number one, which is happiness. And I've started with happiness because I think it's a really, really interesting emotion, and I want to instantly substitute it with fulfillment. And so the reason I say I want to swap happiness out for fulfillment in terms of the emotion that we're talking about is because I don't think happiness is an emotion that we should be chasing. And hear me out on this. The fastest and easiest way to feel happy is through hedonistic routes. So things like drugs, alcohol, food, gaming, gambling, all those kinds of things that make you feel happy, bang, in the moment. And a lot of the time, depression, sadness, and all these other mental health challenges we face, they actually arise or they're perpetuated through chasing happiness. And so that's specifically why I prefer to use fulfillment as a marker for what we view as happiness because it's long lasting and it is much more dictated by your internal world as opposed to cheap and quick fixes you get externally. So back to the main point, how is fulfillment as an emotion a sign? In my opinion, fulfillment is an indicator that you're doing something right and you should do more of what you're currently doing. It's as simple as that. We want to get the most out of our very, very short lives and so in order to do that, our body gives us feedback on what we're doing to tell us if it's in our best interest or not in chasing fulfillment. And so if what we're doing is gonna help us create a better quality of life, our body is gonna leave us feeling fulfilled. It's giving us a sign. 
Because when we actually do feel fulfilled, we think, hey, this feels great. I feel awesome. I like this feeling. So we're going to do more of what got us that feeling. And so that's why it can become so, so easy to get addicted to drugs, food, gambling, all these things. Because in reality, your brain actually doesn't know the difference between something that's actually fulfilling you as opposed to a drug. And so once that drug wears off, your mind and your body realize that those feelings weren't real. Whereas if you're constantly doing things that fulfill you over a long period of time, instead of getting these huge spikes and dips in fulfillment and in dopamine, you're more likely to be in that state of fulfillment constantly. Makes sense. Emotion number two, anger. And I'm gonna keep this one short and simple because I don't think it needs a really long explanation. But 99% of the time, if we're feeling angry, I believe it's for one of two reasons. So reason number one, it's because you feel like you've served an injustice or reason number two, something hit home. So we're going to talk about reason number one first. If you feel like something's happened to you that you didn't deserve, you're probably going to feel angry. And injustices can come in many different forms, whether it's being cheated on, maybe you suffer an injury at the start of an important sports game. There are many different injustices. And my number one bit of advice to overcome anger around an injustice is to adopt the mindset of everything that happens to me is my fault. Now, I know that this sounds super, super cold-hearted, but you just got to hear me out. Once you can take responsibility for everything that happens to you, you no longer feel the need to be angry anymore. And that doesn't mean that you deserve that injustice. It just means that it was your fault. So yeah, you're probably sitting there and going, Nick, how the fuck is me getting cheated on my fault? How is me breaking my leg playing sport my fault? It's not. The reality is it is not your fault. But the fact is you entered into that relationship and that opens you up to the possibility of being cheated on. You played the sport game, it opens you up to the possibility of breaking your leg. And so these things, they're obviously not your fault. But if you have the mindset of, hey, this is my fault, not in a woe is me, everything's my fault kind of way, feel sorry for me, but in the sense of, hey, this is my fault, I take responsibility for it, I take responsibility for the good in my life, the bad in my life and everything in between, and by extension, that gives me complete power over my emotions. So there's a massive difference between that and feeling sorry for yourself and going, oh, this is all my fault, blah, 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 right? So once you can take responsibility for everything in your life, you gain so much power over your emotional reactions because instead of living with a victim mindset and thinking that the entire world is against you, you realize that shit happens and 99% of the time, you actually played a part. So that's reason number one. Reason number two, when something hits home, this is very, very simple. A good portion of the time, when you feel angry, it's because something hit a touchy point within you that you simply aren't ready to unpack. So whether that's one of your faults, one of your insecurities, anger's often telling you that you need to look inside yourself. It's very, very simple. And emotion number three, sadness. Funnily enough, this is actually one of my favorite emotions to unpack because I think it's an emotion that holds some of the most powerful activation energy. And if you don't know what activation energy is, it refers to that little kick in the ass you need to take action. So for example, breakups, they give you a shitload of activation energy. I haven't met many guys who have gone through a breakup and then haven't absolutely violated the fuck out of the gym over the next few months. So that's what activation energy is. It gets you going, it gets you pumping. And while we're actually on that note, my most recent breakup, which was probably about six or seven months ago, played a massive part in shaping where I'm at. And ironically, it was the kick in the gut that I needed to develop my emotional regulation. So sadness as an emotion, in my opinion, is simply a sign that something is wrong, even if you can't see it, and that you need to make some changes in your life. 
It really is that simple. It is a very, very simple game when it comes to emotions. Doesn't mean it's easy, but it's simple. And once we can actually take the feelings out of the emotion and just view them purely as signs, we realize that all we need to do in order to create a better reality is get good at reading emotions and then taking action. So if we can close the time gap between feeling an emotion, understanding it, recognizing the sign that it's giving us, and then taking action in accordance with that, we become incredibly powerful. And so on that, I actually want to touch on something that I heard Chris Williamson discussing on one of his podcasts lately with Alex Hormozzi, and that is the region beta paradox, and it ties in perfectly here. So this concept suggests that if you had to travel one mile or less, you'd walk it. If you had to travel one mile or less, you would walk that distance. But if you had to travel two miles or more, you would drive that distance. So paradoxically, you would travel two miles quicker and you would travel one mile because you'd drive two miles, but you'd walk the one mile. Makes complete sense, right? We'd walk the shorter distance, drive the longer distance, and by extension, we would travel that longer distance sooner than we would travel that shorter distance. And so if you think about this in terms of your emotions, specifically sadness, let's say you're feeling depressed, but it's not that bad. You're not quite suicidal. You're just a little bit depressed. You're super unhappy with where you're at, but it's also kind of comfortable. You don't have a lot of money, but you've got a job. It pays your bills. It allows you to do nice things every once in a while. You don't have any, you know, ride or die, really close mates, but you've got some boys who came for a beer every weekend. So in reality, your life sucks, but it's just bearable, meaning it's not quite bad enough for you to take serious action. So you would walk that mile. Whereas, let's say everything turned to shit. So your girlfriend breaks up with you, she takes your car, you get fired from your job, your parents won't let you live with them, you've only got enough savings to pay, you know, one week of rent, you're literally at rock bottom, you're fucked. But guess what? That's going to be enough to kick you up the ass and get you taking action faster than ever before. It's going to give you that activation energy. So you would drive those two miles. So what I'm trying to say here is that your life may not be great, but you're also not viewing your situation as quite bad enough to take serious action. So paradoxically, if you were in a worse position, you would probably get into a better position much sooner because you would have enough activation energy to do so. And so, look, obviously this doesn't apply to everyone, it is a generalization, but the concept is important and it can be applied to everyone. So this specific example might not apply to everyone, but this concept I'm trying to deliver can be applied by everyone to everything. So no matter your situation, no matter what's going on with you, why wouldn't you start taking action today as if you were already at rock bottom? What's stopping you? And I can probably answer that for you, it's more than likely comfort. Because it's so much more comfortable to put up with the average life as opposed to taking radical action and difficult action to create an exceptional life. And so how does this tie into emotions? Well, as I said, sadness is a sign that something needs to change. So whether you're feeling sad now, whether you felt sad last week, you're going to feel sad tomorrow, the key isn't to think, I'm feeling sad, I want to feel happy. How can I feel happy? The key is to think, I'm feeling sad, what are my emotions trying to tell me? What needs to change? What's lacking? And this simple shift in language, it can completely transform your world within seconds. Because when you are feeling sad, 99% of the time, all you want to do is feel better. We want to feel happy, right? And we've spoken about happiness and how it is a very, very slippery slope into hedonism. And so by focusing on your desire to feel happy, you look for quick fixes. And that just leads to more sadness, which becomes that perpetual cycle of pain, which we've spoken about. So next time you're feeling sad, stop and simply ask yourself, what is this trying to tell me? What needs to change? 
And with the right action, you can very quickly become a resilient and self-regulated individual. Now, something that I see a lot of young guys doing is tying their identity to their emotions. And I'm not here to judge because I've been there. I used to be awful at this. And yeah, quite frankly, sometimes I still find myself falling into the trap. But fuck, it is a very, very slippery slope. And we've obviously spent an entire day of this mentorship discussing identity, and we've even touched on why it's important to not put yourself into boxes. So, for example, I'm an undisciplined person, or I'm a lazy person, etc. But the exact same concept applies to your emotions. And I would actually argue that it's more impactful, because our emotions are always going to be fluctuating, always. And as humans, we've got two options when it comes to creating our own baselines, which we're going to talk about in a second. So option one is using your emotions as a baseline for your identity, or option two is using your behavior as a baseline for identity. So what I mean by this, put very simply, is if you use your emotions as a baseline for your identity and your self-image, which is essentially the same thing, how you feel about yourself and who you are is going to constantly fluctuate because your emotions constantly fluctuate. And so that can leave you feeling exhausted, lost, unsure, and just no idea who you actually are identifying with whatever given emotion you feel at any given time, it's a dangerous game because it means that your sense of self is 100% reliant upon your emotions and we know very well that emotions can be quite unpredictable at the best of times. Whereas on the flip side, if you use your behavior as a baseline for your identity, then you're still going to be the same person doing the same things, showing up in the same way regardless of how you feel. And so that is going to stop you feeling lost, stop you feeling unsure. You're not going to feel shaky. You're going to know exactly who you are. You might not feel good all the time, but you're going to have clarity around who you actually are and how you need to show up. And so again, really important point. This doesn't mean not feeling your emotions or suppressing how you feel. It simply means recognizing your emotions for what they are, which are signs, and understanding that just because you feel like shit doesn't mean you are shit. And just because you feel fantastic doesn't mean you are fantastic. It's your actions that decide what type of person you are, not your feelings. So gentlemen, action-packed day, really, really important stuff. I'd even recommend listening to this again later because it really is a very impactful thing once you can grasp the concept and actually implement it into your life. And what we're going to do now is complete our exercise for day number nine, and this is going to help us gain a much better understanding of our own emotions. Now, I do want to make one point very, very clear. The stuff within this mentorship it's all incredibly impactful, incredibly powerful. It's the stuff that I do. I'm not just pulling it out of my ass. This has come from my brain because it's stuff that's helped me. It's stuff I use with the guys in my group within SC University. It's the stuff I've used with my one-on-one guys to help them you know, get themselves back on track and really chase masculine excellence. But that being said, within this mentorship, the content's super broad because obviously I've got to be able to apply it to everyone and in doing so, it can't be specific to your unique life. And so the reason I'm saying this is If you do want to apply it to your unique life with a bit of assistance and a bit of guidance, there is a link in the description. You can book in a call with me to apply for SC University. See if you're a good fit. If you don't want to, that is completely fine. We're still going to do this exercise. So moving on. This exercise, again, is going to be really short, but make sure you put a lot of effort into it. I highly recommend you do so because it can be incredibly, incredibly impactful. And all we're going to do is we're going to recall three experiences we've had lately or whether we're actively having them, they were recent, whatever, that brought up the three emotions discussed in today's mentorship. So anger, sadness, and happiness, but we're going to tweak that to fulfillment. And so all we're going to do is we're going to work out how these emotions were showing up as signs 
and what they were trying to tell us. It's as simple as that. So pull your workbook out. The prompts are in there. Fill it out. Any questions, you know where to find me. If you do want to chat with me and book in a call to see if you're a good fit for SC University, click the link in the description and I'll chat to you gentlemen tomorrow morning.